Few things on earth have the power of gold to build kingdoms and lift human fortunes up to the glory of gods, but equally to destroy, to drive mortals mad in pursuing it. And after all, one cannot live on gold alone. In the ancient tales, what's best for mortals is seldom what they wish for, a lesson well learned by Midas, king of the proud land of Phrygia. And like many stories where mortals learn the cost of what they crave, King Midas's tale began with an encounter with a god. The god Dionysus was traveling across Phrygia with his band of satyrs in tow, chief among them old Silenus. The wine gifted by the god was flowing day and night, but Silenus was too drunk to follow the path one night and went astray, lost in the deep woods of the Phrygian countryside. Dionysus and the other satyrs went on their way, singing into the night sky, but old Silenus was left to stagger and stumble through the trees, tripping over the roots and crashing through the branches. Finally, sleep caught up with him, and he fell into a bush, too tired to rise again, and there he stayed until morning. When the sun had risen, some hunters happened to pass by those woods, and to their surprise uncovered none other than an aged satyr, still sleeping off his wine. Amazed that they found such a wondrous sight, the hunters made plans to bring the captive to their monarch as a prize, and so they marched off with Silenus to the court of King Midas. When they returned from the wilderness, they gained an audience with Midas in his palace. The king sat proudly on his lofty throne, and as soon as he saw the drunken satyr tied up, he guessed that it was none other than Silenus, the companion most dear to the god Dionysus. And so he did everything to make Silenus comfortable, entertaining the honored guest for ten days and nights. And Midas had word sent all over the kingdom to find where Dionysus had gone, to return Silenus where he belonged. On the eleventh day, word arrived that Dionysus had been found, and Midas himself rode out with Silenus to meet him. The radiant god of wine was ecstatic to see his old friend safe and sound, and was appreciative of how the king had treated him in his own home. And so, in gratitude, Dionysus made a proposition to Midas. Ask any gift you please, he said, and it shall be yours. And among all the many things mortals covet, all the powers that would make Midas and his kingdom grand and glorious, what shone brightest in the king's mind was the luster of gold. And he answered the god, Grant that everything I touch with these hands of mine shall turn to gold. Dionysus narrowed his eyes and lowered his face in a disappointed frown, but he was bound by his promise. 
So be it, said the god. From this moment, whatever you touch shall be gold. Midas thanked the god for his gift. Then he bid goodbye to Silenus and returned home to his kingdom. All the while, dreams of untold riches fired his mind, riches beyond all imagining. He couldn't restrain his wonder and tested his gift on whatever he could find. He broke off a low-hanging twig from an oak, and his eyes lit up as it turned to solid gold before his very eyes. Then he picked up a rock, and in an instant it was gleaming in his hands. Then he bent down and grabbed a handful of dirt, and it hardened into a nugget of pure, shining gold. Dry stalks from a field, an apple plucked from a tree, the pillars of his great palace doors, all of it glistened with the mere touch of his fingers. When he cleaned his hands in running water, they cast off a spray of golden mist. But it wasn't long before Midas's gift revealed itself for the curse that it was. His eyes full of greed, he sat down to a feast laid out by his servants, the table piled high with bounty. But when he grasped a loaf of bread, he felt only solid gold, and he chewed into hard metal with every bite he tried. He poured wine mixed with water, but when he sipped from his golden cup, a stream of liquid gold trickled from his lips. Despair soon overwhelmed King Midas, realizing that for all his vast, unsurpassable wealth, no amount of gold could feed his hunger or slake his thirst. His gift became a torment, starving him of the very things that all mortals live by, rich and poor alike. And at last, driven to madness, he took to the woods of Phrygia and sought the god Dionysus and his reveling band. Only the god could undo the curse, so he believed. And when he found the god once again, he lifted his shining hands to the heavens and begged with all his strength for the god to take back what he had given. Dionysus gazed on the desperate, stricken face of the king with a knowing look. Very well, O king, I take back my gift, the one you wished for, unwisely as it seems. Go up to the rushing river near Sardis, and follow it all the way to the very source, where the water spills forth from the earth. Plunge your head and body into the running water. Wash yourself, and you'll wash away your curse. And so Midas left the company of Dionysus, and obeyed every word the god had told him. He raced to the banks of the great river Pactolus, found its source, and dove into the fresh waters. And as he washed himself in the swirling stream, the power of gold left him, freeing him at last. King Midas left that river renewed and wiser than the man he had been before. And they say that the river Pactolus, even today, 
glistens with shining sparkles that course through its waters and sands, forever transformed by Midas's gift and brilliant with gleaming gold.